Welcome to the Driven Woman Podcast, where we're on a mission to empower women with the mindset, tools, and strategies so that they can lead powerfully and authentically in order to make a massive impact on this world. I'm your host, Sophia Bryan. Hi there, Driven Woman. My guest today is a British Jamaican by nationality. She was educated in both Jamaica and the United Kingdom. In 2006, she was awarded a degree in geography with a minor in geology from the University of the West Indies, Mona. Mona is in Jamaica, by the way, (laughs) for those of you who are wondering. And in 2008, she got a master's in environmental change and management with distinction from the University of Oxford in England. Her academic writing has been published in environmental policy and practice in the Caribbean. She joined the Jamaica Environment Trust as a program director in March 2010 and then was promoted to deputy CEO in 2015. She later assumed the role of CEO in January 2018. She's been responsible for all of the Jamaica Environmental Trust's educational projects during her tenure. And now in her new role as the CEO, she's responsible for, of course, leadership, strategic planning, organizational oversight and development and environmental advocacy. Ladies, the guest I am speaking about is Miss Suzanne Stanley. And I'm so happy to have her here. Welcome, Suzanne. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. So first of all, um, I typically summarize persons' bios, but you were able to just get it all so, you know, in two paragraphs. And I was like, I can't leave anything out because this is so impressive. And I feel like, you know, we don't, as women, we don't talk about or success is enough and I'm like no I need to share all of these things so (laughs) happy to have you here you're welcome all right so what is your mission what are you passionate about and what is that story or that turning point in your life that led to you finding this purpose finding this mission and just deciding that I'm going to go all in with it yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, my mission, you know, what drives me really is uh, a passion for the environment, mm-hmm. a about our future. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I think at the core of it, it's a concern about the future. Right. You know, um, the future of our planet, the future of uh, the human race. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what brought me here? Um, boy, it's been maybe a longer journey than some people might expect. Okay. Um, I when I took over uh, as CEO of Jet in 2018, mm-hmm. um, you know, we had a little members meeting before because Jet is a membership organization. Oh, Just, I didn't know that. Okay. Right. So we're non-government, non-profit, and we're also a membership organization. So we wanted to make sure that uh, even though I've been at Jet for a while. A lot of our members wouldn't necessarily be as familiar with me as they would with our CEO, who had been the CEO for 27 years, right? That's Diana. Wow. Right. So we had this members meeting and, you know, Diana said, well, 
you're the new CEO. So it's your call, you, your presentation. Um, I'll say a few words, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, go about what you, you, you know, wh- whatever you think is best, right? And I did some research into my history. <laughs> and, um, oh. yeah, and I, I found that, uh, I mean, I guess I kind of remember it happening, but my mother is really good at keeping scrapbooks. Right. Oh, okay. And and I was like, yeah, you know, mommy, I want to kind of say how I I got to this point, right? I have created the Driven Woman podcast. Patreon community. My Patreons will have an opportunity to join me over on Facebook where I'll be sharing exclusive content. You'll be able to share your questions and get feedback from our community. And Patreons will get an opportunity to sort of be like my co-producers by letting me know directly what are some of the themes that you'd like for me to discuss here on the podcast. And for my VIP members, you will get access to a private Q&A and monthly goal-setting sessions that are not done via the internet. They'll be done privately. So if this is something that you are interested in, and I think you are, just go over to www.patreon.com forward slash driven woman podcast. So that's www.patreon.com forward slash Driven Woman Podcast. So I look forward to seeing those of you who are excited about this opportunity to get access to unique trainings, um, private coaching challenges, um, and sessions with me. And to build a community of like-minded women. So I look forward to you. Join me over Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Driven Woman Podcast. Let's get back to the show. (laughs) Yeah, and I I found that, uh, I mean, I guess I kind of remember it happening, but my mother is really good at keeping scrapbooks right and and I was like yeah you know mommy I want to kind of say how I I got to this point right and mommy was like oh but you don't remember when you were at Queen's Prep in 1995 the ship with the plutonium and I was like really yeah I remember (laughs) that but like yeah she's like you were standing up on the roadside on Constant Spring Road you were 10 years old don't you remember being on the radio being on TV and I was like I know, I was like, oh yeah, I totally remember that. Um, and she dug out the scrapbook from that period of my life. And we mm-hmm. found that, you know, especially when I was in like grade five, grade six, yeah. um, there are lots of uh, um, things that I had done um, as it related to the environment. You know, the protest against the ship carrying plutonium through the Caribbean was just one. But there was also an article there that I had written about garbage and the whole garbage was impacting the environment in Jamaica in 1995, 
right? Whoa. So the journey has apparently been very long. Now, I, can't mm-hmm. I was an environmental advocate through all of my teenage years, but certainly um, I did have a love for geography and I had a teacher at uh, Immaculate Conception High School, which is where I went, who yeah. really brought the subject alive. Okay. And, I, um, and so I decided that that's really what I wanted to do for my undergrad. And my mother and father, you know, they were both very supportive. You know, they're artists, visual artists. Yeah, interesting. So, so they were... At- they were accepting of this non-traditional pursuit. Uh, you know, they weren't expecting it to become a lawyer or a, a lawyer doctor, or a doctor. simply because right. you went to Immaculate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, you know, they were they were they were quite happy. They're like, oh well, you know, I mean, um, we don't need any more artists in the family. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I went and did the geography degree. And what interested me the most when I was doing geography was at first the application of technology to geographical mm-hmm. issues and problems, um, but more importantly, the environment and environmental change. You know, the, the climate change debate was really ramping up at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, this would have been um, in the early 2000s, right? Especially in the Caribbean. You know, it was something that was being discussed on a global scale. Yeah. Um, a lot. But uh, particularly at that time, there was an interest in the Caribbean. And um, and so I decided to go and do it Awesome. Also, you know, sometimes I feel like I enjoy these conversations <laughs> a lot more than my listeners um, do. But I kind of identify with what you were saying about uh, not sort of remembering some of the things that happened in your childhood, mm-hmm. because there was a time like a few years ago, I, I described it to my younger brother as kind of being in like a deep sleep where Mm -hmm. I was, you know, I cut myself off from, you know, being involved in leadership and community development. I don't know if it was because I was tired or what, but it's almost as though I had forgotten about that side of my personality. And then all of a sudden... Were you you a teenager by any chance? uh, (laughs) No, (laughs) I wasn't... Yeah, I must say that um, my teenage years were a bit tumultuous. But, uh, yeah. And then it's it's like uh, one day I just got up. It's almost like I had a, I had a dream. Mm-hmm. And I just woke up and I was like, no, man, Sophie is like, you need to start getting back to, to how you were, you know, that person who was a leader and inspire right. people because, it, you know, you just can't not be that person. And then I decided to apply to serve Jamaica as a youth ambassador. And mm-hmm. then from that, um, it, you know, it just ha- was like a domino effect. I just started being in position for different things. I know I'm doing this podcast that, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's having an amazing reach. So I kind of identify with that. You were like, when your mom was saying, well, don't you remember that you were doing this advocacy as a child? And you're like, no way. <laughs> but it all connects so, yeah. Um, yeah, I love that story. Mm-hmm. All right. So a lot of uh, Jamaicans, um, there a lot of us inspi- you know, aspire to go overseas. And yeah. a lot of us aspire to kind of make our mark on the global scene. So I gather that you went to the UK as a, you know, as a, an adult yeah. or yeah. as an adult. 
And I want to you to share a bit of what that experience was like, making that transition, you know, being a Jamaican, going to the UK, and how you start to maintain your confidence. And, you know, just kept on pushing and, and kept on, you know, doing what you needed to do, you know, to get to where you are right now. Sure. Um, so I was born in London, England, right? Oh, okay. I was born in London. So my father is British and my mother is Jamaican. Okay. And um, my mother had been living in, in the UK for many years when she met my father. And, mm-hmm. um, and they made a decision when I was about two years old that they wanted me to go to school in Jamaica. They wanted me to get a Jamaican education yeah. and they wanted me to be around my cousins in Jamaica, mm-hmm. right? And so, but I had been to England a couple mm-hmm. times, like on vacation. So I was, I kind of had an idea of what was happening there. And I, I felt familiar enough with the, the country that mm-hmm. when um, I was considering I wanted to do my postgraduate study, I said, you know, I really would like to do it in England. You know, see yeah. what this place where I was born really is like, you know, maybe yeah. and stay there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will love it so much that I will end up staying in England. Yeah. And um, and so that was really what uh, made me decide to go. Um, what uh, did I do to it was it was an adjustment, you know. So mm-hmm. even though I had so even though I did have this kind of half British background, yeah, you know, um you know, visiting a place and actually living in a place is two completely different things. Yes. I was out on my True. own first. I was out on my own for the first time. Uh, you know, uh, it, it uh, was cold. It was uh, um, lonely at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very, very new. So even though I have family in London, of course, Oxford is about two, three hours outside of London. Yeah. Not like I could just pop over to see, you know, my aunt or my sister or whoever. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So um, it was an adjustment. Um, I found that while I was in university, the understanding of what uh, um, it means to be a small island nation, you know, yeah. you just realize, you realize how small it is. Right. Sense. As yeah. soon as you get to a major city or in a country, you realize that, okay, right. we're literally at that. Yes, we have this massive spirit as Jamaicans. And people then know us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh my God, it's a tiny island. <laughs> right. It really is. A t- we really are so tiny. And an understanding of the, the, the kind of smallness of the scale mm-hmm. of our problems yes. is often difficult for people to Yes, grab. yes. Mm-hmm. I had so that. Right. So especially if you're talking about environmental issues, you know, for example, you would be speaking to um, a solid waste management problem in Jamaica and you'd be like, you know, it's so bad and there's garbage everywhere and, you know, there's no recycling and thing. And then, you know, you would speak to, you know, your colleague from India and you'd realize that the city that they're from and the garbage situation um, there is affecting 5 million people, you know, because it's that one city and that's more than the population of your entire country. Yep. You know, um, so like it, it really did kind of adjust my perspective. I mean, make me understand really what, um, you know, being a small island developing state yeah. meant and, and why it was so important that, you know, we, we make our voice be heard on the global stage because honestly, um, we often are forgotten about and it's important yeah. that we collaborate with each other. 
Mm-hmm. Um, to push our, our agenda forward. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's like when I when I um I was in the the US run extended period last year, and that's when I realized that some of the challenges that we have as Jamaicans, yes, they're big challenges to us. But if we start to realize how quickly issues were adjusted. Uh, addressed in the US, maybe some of us would change our perception and change right. how much insurmountable problems that right we have. and right. it would change how we interact with our leaders because a lot of us think that oh of course it takes um one year to um adjust a road of course it takes one year and then you come to the u.s and you see people doing things in 24 hours that would typically take us even six months and you know it's like a jaw-dropping experience and you're like okay what can we be doing um to to make this shift to start operating like a first world country and then um, i think we kind of had the same epiphany where you're like okay what can i do Mm-hmm. To to allow my country to start operating in a first world kind of mindset. Mm-hmm. All right, good stuff. So as someone who you left Jamaica, you went to the UK, you went to Oxford, right? And then you you're now back in Jamaica doing amazing things. I feel like it's important to share with our listeners some of the mindset uh strategies that you implement within your own life to just keep focused and keep going because I know that environment as much as Jamaica is an island and we're prone to all sorts of hazards sometimes we're the most difficult people to kind of convince about environmental protection so so what are some of the mindset um, strategies that you use what are some of the things that you tell yourself to keep going and Mm -hmm. you know keep showing up for your for your job basically and your well, that's what I do. I tell myself, mm-hmm. this is your job. Mm-hmm. This, this is the role that you play. This is the role that Jet plays in the society. Um, not only to educate Jamaicans about environmental issues, but to also advocate mm-hmm. on behalf of the environment. You know, so you're speaking for the environment which has no voice. You know, as you know, you speak for the trees and the ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and you know that's really kind of what has kept me going. It it is um, really challenging um, to stay motivated, and yeah. not just to stay motivated as myself, but to continue motivating the other jets. Uh, staff members, the jettos we call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> awesome. right? Um, right. So you know it's it's not just about self-motivation, it's about motivating others. Uh, um, they keep me motivated a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All so right. Questions and they're like, why is that why are they doing this? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know, keep that passion. Yeah. That project report. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So um I don't know if it's typical. I don't think it's typical for someone to get to the role of CEO, whether it's public or private or nonprofit, whatever the area. You know, it's not typical for someone to get to the level of CEO so quickly, I think. So I'd love for you to share what were, you know, some of the things that you did to kind of position yourself so that it was obvious that you were the ideal choice to become CEO. Um, yeah. I- 
I have in, uh, I'm sorry, but um, this is not the answer that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, when I began at Jet, I had no ambition to be the CEO of Jet. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, yeah, I had no ambition to be the CEO of Jet. You know, I had always said, I don't want to be the boss. Mm. Right. And I, and I, over the years, I, I observed, especially in the early years, I observed how difficult a position it was, you know, having to, you know, stay very strong in your position and your opinions about environmental issues. And I saw what, uh, you know, Diana went through and Mm -hmm. and how um, combative that could could be at times. Um, But I just kept doing my job and I did Mm -hmm. did it to the best of my ability. And, uh, you know, you asked me earlier what keeps me going. And, you know, honestly, I think there is just something in me that I'm always going to try to do my best, no matter what. You know, I might hate what I'm doing or, mm-hmm. you know, or some aspect of what I'm doing, um, but uh, I persevere. I might complain, but I persevere. Um, it doesn't matter what the compensation is, the reward. Um, if I said I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I just kept on doing my job and I did the best that I could. And um, I think it was... Uh, you know, um, our former CEO Diana's recognition of the fact that not only was I fulfilling my obligations, I was often going above and beyond. Yeah. You know, what would typically be expected of somebody in the role. Mm-hmm. And, um, she, you know, she's kind of started like you know, bringing me in on mm-hmm. some of the advocacy things, you know, talk, you know, it's just about like kind of um, talking about issues a bit more and getting a better understanding of what really is involved. And, you know, I think the passion was obviously always there. I mean, yeah. you were talking about when I was 10 years old. I, I know. <laughs> so the passion was always there, but it was just about um, kind of engaging um, on the issues and kind of building back that uh, passion. And um, and that really was it. You know, it was Anna's desire to retire. She said, look, you know, um, I can't think of nobody better to run Jet. And at first I said, what, are you crazy? You know, but over time, you know, this is mm-hmm. not something she, she sprung on me like six yeah. before she was about to leave. It's, you know, she, I really do um, have to, you know, say how much I respect her and um, yes. admire her foresight and the succession planning that she she put into place. Um, she really did a good job because years before she knew she wanted to retire, yes. um, she was already thinking about, okay, what happens when I leave? Who here could be the next CEO? So, mm, so it was that forward thinking, that sus- succession planning on the part right. of your predecessor um, right. that was very important. But mm. at the same time, you were kind of modeling the way, even though you didn't have the ambition, you were still modeling the way. And, you know, it turned out that you were right, the right fit. Okay, that's that's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's not necessarily... <laughs> I mean, sometimes... Here I am. Yeah, sometimes you just have to rise to the occasion. And you decided to do that. So kudos to you. All right. So one of the things I noticed in our interaction uh, leading up to this interview, I kind of picked up that you were very 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 good at managing your time Mm -hmm. and um 
So I wanted you to share a little bit about your time, any time management strategy that you have that you can share with some of the aspiring CEOs that listen to this program. Uh, because some of us think that we can just wing it and we think that structure is a bad word and kind of managing your schedule is, you know, it's too daunting. But how do you keep that going without feeling overwhelmed? Yeah, um, to-do lists. Mm. Um, And rewriting the to-do list like twice a week. Um, It's about prioritizing really for me. Um, At at both the beginning and the end of the week, I write a to-do list. Mm. And and maybe sometimes things get shifted around in the middle of the week. But I do always have my long to-do list, which is where these are the things that need to be done over the next month or right but there's also the things that need to be done this week and that to-do list gets written over and over <laughs> again um, to yes. keep on track you know yeah. or to shift the priorities sometimes you know sometimes something that I started out in the beginning of the week uh, saying okay this definitely has to get done by Tuesday by Tuesday you realize actually maybe I don't need to do this by Tuesday because this thing is more important you know? mm-hmm. so it's um constant assessment of the priorities for the day, for the week, uh, and then in the longer term for the month. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So as someone who is kind of, you know, on the front lines um, of... I have a big picture too. Yes, I love that yeah. because um, sometimes the list can be so long and you get bogged down uh, by it. And then mm-hmm. after a while you realize that there may be something that you had on the list that you can shift around or, you know, mm-hmm. or give to somebody else so that you can focus on the big picture so yeah yeah. the big picture is something I'm still working on so Mm. that's something that it it, Mm -hmm. it takes I think uh, um, years of leadership to kind of understand that yes the day-to-day steps are essential and important and it is important that you meet those targets but you have to make sure that whatever it is you're doing from day to day is actually feeding into what you want to achieve overall Wow. Yeah. Powerful. All right. I think that will definitely resonate with a lot of persons. All right. So I kind of want to ask you another technical question about uh, managing a a non-governmental organization. Are there any tips that you want to share as it relates to constantly engaging your members, you know, keeping them involved in all that you do? Um, so that the mission isn't lost on them and that you always have their support. What are some of the things that you do at JET to ensure that that's the case? Yeah, communication is key. So keeping the lines of communication open mm-hmm. um, and responding quickly as well okay. to questions, um, whether it be from our members or from the media okay. um, or from other stakeholders, you know, um, beneficiaries of the various projects that we've done over many, many years. Mm-hmm. It's about making sure that engagement, that line of communication is open all the time and um, being available. Yeah. You know, um, I've had, uh, we've had staff members who, you know, new staff members come in and they will say, you know, um, is it okay for me to give out your cell number? Mm-hmm. And I say, it's okay for you to give out my cell number to anyone. Because mm-hmm. you, you want to, you know, be able to answer people's questions, you know, and, and be directly engaging with whoever it is that has a question. So um, I'm very open. Uh, people can call me. People call sometimes at some 
odd hours. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, you, you, it takes a little getting used to in the beginning. Yeah. But uh, certainly over time, um, you know, I've really adjusted to that, and I see the benefits. So, of taking a call from the media mm-hmm. at 9 p.m. on a Sunday night. <laughs> 9 p.m. on a Sunday night, can I get a quote from you about X wow. for my Monday morning newscast? Wow. You know, and uh, you and and I do it, uh, and uh, and uh, even if it is something that maybe is not like the hot topic that we are we're necessarily working on right now, it builds credit in the relationship back between me and that. So journalist or reporter so okay awesome okay phone has stopped ringing (laughs) all right so my final few questions for you um i really want you to talk about self-care that's kind of like a buzzword right now um especially in the space of leadership and women uh, I want to kind of figure out from you, what do you do for your self-care so that you decompress after Jamaica's media stresses you out? Because <laughs> <laughs> how do you, you know, decompress, keep your bearings together and show up for another week? Um, yeah. You know, yeah, I love to hear that. Yeah, um, I try not to, to work uh, too much on weekends. Of course, it's unavoidable um, mm-hmm. sometimes. But, you know, I try to limit working on weekends. I try to make sure I just get everything that needs to be done that is priority during the week. Um, you know, I exercise. I try to do it three times a week. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> 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 um, you know, so I um, for my husband and you know I really like experimenting yes I don't know if you've ever seen this show called Chopped yes right so you know the whole premise of like you have all these weird ingredients and you have yeah. to make something yes I just open my fridge and I'm like hmm I have <laughs> chicken I have uh, cashews I have broccoli you know and I, I'm like okay what can I make with this <laughs> and, um, so I really like doing that as Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'm not hanging out with my friends and family, you know, mm-hmm. over wine. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Wine is very relaxing. Definitely. When I yeah. just started drinking wine, I thought it was so cool to only be drinking red wine, red dry wine. And then I was yeah. like, okay, I can't handle this. And I started venturing into the sweeter wines. And believe it or not, no, I prefer dry white wines and I'm like how did we get here this is just so weird (laughs) wine is a must (laughs) (laughs) all right so I've been really enjoying our conversation so my final question for you today um is this the final question yes (laughs) so what is your personal mantra or motto or saying that you live by Oh boy, you know, I don't, I can't figure that one out. Mm-hmm. I guess it's some, I don't really have a mantra or a saying. I would just say, generally, like my principle is, like, you know, do the best you can yeah. with what you have, with the resources that you have. Um, you know, I, I try to, um, you know, make sensible decisions, yeah. um, take opportunities that are presented to me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't really know how to sum that up into mm-hmm. one phrase, but there's just some general principles which I kind of live by, which we've already discussed. So, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So, okay, just from what you said, something came to my mind mm-hmm. um, when you said pursuing opportunities as they come. Have you ever had to deal with a situation where something, you know, landed in your lap? Uh, you were a bit fearful, but you did it anyway. Was there ever a situation like that for you? You mean like becoming CEO? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I can't imagine. Like, you, were, you must have been consulting your husband, uh, your course, family. With t- trepidation. Oh my God. But, uh, yeah, it's been a rewarding experience. It's been, um, you know, um, an experience of a lifetime. Boy, it makes Oxford University seem like it wasn't even trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, uh, but, you know, I, I'm so glad I took the opportunity yeah. because um, it has been a profound learning experience and I've grown so much as a person and professionally. And I, 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 can, I now realize the things that I can do that I would never have said. I mm. Before, mm. You know? Look at that. I've almost proven to myself, oh, wait, hold on, you can do this. Yes. You can, uh, you know, manage people. Yes. You can uh, respond to media. You can yes. advocate for, um, for what you believe in. Yes. Yeah. So and, it, and it all starts by saying yes, even if you're fearful or scared about even it. Even if you're fearful or scared. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much, Susan. You know, when I was about 10, I think I was 10 or 11, I, I declared that my dream was to go to Oxford University. Um, <laughs> of course, at the time, um, it was just something I said because everybody said Oxford is at the number one school in the world. And I'm like, I can't do right. that. Mm-hmm. And then I said it with somebody else the other day and they're like, well, you know, you it's probably something that you can still do you never know so you know I'm I'm running into all these people that attended Oxford or work at Oxford and I'm like what is what is uh what's going on here I tired of school (laughs) that was that was but that maybe that's for a different podcast but that was a experience in and of itself just Mm -hmm. being a Jamaican Yes, I love when I can leave my listeners wanting more. So yes, perfect way to end. Yeah, you can <laughs> or, a whole podcast series on like people on, on your your guests that have gone to Oxford and what their experience was like. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. thanks for that idea. I love that idea yeah. actually. <laughs> Hilo's bar, Hilo's. Every Jamaican who went to Oxford knows Hilo's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, Susan, thank you so much. You were so warm and you were so generous with your time and what you shared. And I know the listeners of the Driven Woman podcast will appreciate it. And I'll be sure to you know leave the relevant links about the Jamaica Environmental Trust and for persons who want to reach out to you and your organization, they're able to do so. So Great. thank you. You are so welcome. Thanks yeah. for having me again. Yes, yes, yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Take care till we chat again. Yeah, <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Driven Woman podcast. Let's keep the conversation going over Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash Driven Woman podcast. If you loved this episode, and I know you did, please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. This allows more people to get access to the show and the quality conversations that we have over here. Right? Can you do that? I'm counting on you. 
And until next time, stay driven.